the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 495, Mr. Savage. Delmar Huzzah! Hey, it's closing weekend at Delmar for the summer meet. Uh, we're taking a look at the late pick five on Saturday, September 9th, but there's going to be the mandatory payout of the pick six on Sunday since the meet's ending. We'll have video for that too. So before people in the comment section say, you guys should do Sunday, A, they don't have Sunday's card out yet, so we couldn't do it right now, but B, we will have a video for that uh, later coming to the site. So make sure you do check back. We'll have it covered for you. You were in Vegas kind of covering the local scene there over the last weekend. How, how was your trip? That was good. It was fun to be out there in Vegas. Uh, I got to host a show, uh, The Handle, uh, from 4 to 7, Saturday and Sunday on VSIM. Make sure you're checking that out. Uh, a lot of football talk. It was a lot of fun to talk about that. We got the NFL kicking off tonight, so excited to get that going as well. And uh, be back in Vegas again this weekend, so making a lot of trips out there. How was it, uh, it traveling with the crutches? You know, you kind of get uh, you get spoiled a little bit when you're in crutches and you're going through the airport. I get a wheelchair meet me at the gate in uh, in Las Vegas. They wheel you right to the cab line, which is great. Um, so it's it's a it's fun in a sense because you get to go on the airplane early, get to get off early, get to go. But it also kind of sucks because I like to be moving fast, and you yeah. do anything but move fast when you're on crutches in an airport. Did you do you fly Southwest or is that what you're usually taking? Okay, yeah. so that by. It would almost be worth, you know, re-breaking the leg if you're traveling to Vegas all the time just because to go from the southwest where they, like, you get off the plane to where the taxi line is is, like, that's, like, half the Vegas Strip. I'd love to just have somebody push me in a wheelchair instead of having to walk or take the stupid tram. Well, the beauty is I get to keep the crutches and get to keep the boot even after we're healed. Okay. If you know all what right. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I almost I, I almost regretted not having that again at Comic Con this past year. So I see what you mean about that. Uh, but yeah, we <laughs> like Nick says, keep the crutches a little longer than needed. We're gonna be looking at the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, September 9th. We've got a couple of stakes in here. It starts off with the Grade Two John C. Maybe, and we also have the Del Mar debutante where there were 14 entered in that. That is a massive, massive race. So plenty to talk about. Let's get into it, buddy. Right is up. Doc's saying he's going to sell, he sells his handicap placards. Uh, yeah, well, when you're in Vegas, especially with the, the Doc, with his habits in Vegas, what he spends his money on, he's going to need every cent that he can get. Mike's kicking off the late pick five at Del Mar, Saturday, September 9th, race seven. The grade two, John C. Maybe stakes just a field of six Phillies and Mares three and up. Going a mile and an eighth on the turf. You have the favorite in here, nine to five closing remarks. She won the yellow ribbon handicap, kind of the local prep for this race. Did you put her on top? I did. Um, I, I thought that was actually a really good effort, especially off the bench. We talked about Carla Gaines coming off the bench, and that's not generally what she's best at. Usually her horses are better two, second and third time out. I would expect you're going to see a pretty decent pop here from uh, closing remarks and a positive improvement. You look at some of the races, a lot of her wins come at a mile, so you're a little bit concerned that maybe this mile and eighth distance a little too much, but it's one for six at the distance, but loves Del Mar. Two for four at Del Mar, has a second-place finish as well. I think she's going to be ultra-tough here and gets a pretty good trip as well. Like When you're trying to figure out, okay, where are these horses going to come from, 
from a tactical speed perspective, closing remarks is going to be able to sit pretty close to this lead and really determine whatever trip she wants. And I think that gives her the edge over. It's probably some as talented Phillies that are coming from behind, but are all going to be way out of it or further out of it early. Um, I kind of looked at this for, uh, race was like, I, I'm either going to single closing remarks or I'm going to go with a couple of different horses. I chose not to single her here just because I think the pace setup does favor the number six Turner loose five to two on the morning line. One of two Phil D'Amato horses in here. And last time out, it was her first race for Phil D'Amato. First time in 288 days that we'd seen her and first time that she was uh, showing up as a four year old. And she was very rank in the first turn of the yellow ribbon and free Sue, the jockey was aboard and kind of strangled her, was fighting her. And D'Amato said afterwards, he's like, yeah, we realized that was not the right decision to make. So at least they were honest about it, Mike. He said that the goal with this one is just to let her go. Free Sue's going to let her run. I think she's got clear lone speed advantage on paper. It's just a matter of can she hold off these horses? The two maybe pushes her. I don't see the four pushing her. And because of that, if the four is not pushing her, I don't think the four can get by Turner loose. Yeah, I mean, they're going to turn her loose. I agree with you. That's what the plan is going to be on Saturday. And I would expect she makes the lead. I do think the two pushes a little bit. The one was kind of interesting. I don't think the one wants to be on the lead, but was last mm -hmm. time. I'd be surprised if the one's a pace presence here. I just don't love horses trying to go gate to wire over this Del Mar turf course going a mile and an eighth. It's generally very difficult to go gate to wire at Del Mar. You kind of you naturally think that speed should be an advantage, especially when you watch the shorter races, the five for long races on turf and speed does dominate those. But these two turn races, it's a little tougher. And, and I realize it's only the six post, but breaking from the six and having to clear by the end of that shoot is going to be important because you kind of have that half turn in when they turn in the shoot. And because of that and the fact that Turner Loose is going to have to run a career effort to beat this field. Like, big time step forward. Now, logically, she could because it is second time D'Amato, second time four-year-old. But with all of that said, and the fact that she's going to be on the lead and possibly have some pace pressure and closing remarks, I don't think is going to be far behind. I'm talking like one or two lengths at most. I think it's going to be tough for Turner Loose to go gate to wire. Although, look, lone speed, I don't hate the idea of trying to play it. Uh, I used the three Oakhurst as well. Our, our buddy Geist Paddle's horse, or piece part of his horse, uh, I think Oakhurst looked great. Off the off the the, uh, the bench last time out, got an easy win in an eighty thousand dollar. Well, I shouldn't say easy. One by a nose um, in an eighty thousand dollar and two x allowance. But beat Eddie's New Dream is a very good horse over this circuit. I thought the mile and an eighth is the right distance for this horse, and you could kind of see it with the the big time kick that you saw from Oakhurst. Biggest concern here is the distance, right? Uh, or well, the distance that Oakhurst will be behind the leaders here. Oakhurst is going to come running late in the stretch. And you mentioned Turner Loose is possibly lone speed. If that does materialize, it's going to be tough for Oakers to catch late. This is the second up for me as well. The other D'Amato in here uh, gets uh, Juan Hernandez to ride because Umberto Rispoli is going to stay on closing remarks. So a good jockey to fill in if you're losing Rispoli. Um, you talked about that effort. She made it look easier than it knows when she won that allowance race last out. The final three furlongs, 35.15 seconds. She was smoking home, going a mile and an eighth. Now, they had a fast pace, but she was far back and second off the layoff, second time uh, really, you know, later in her foil campaign. And she did have the one start back in February. But uh, I know that guys, I talked to him and maybe you did as well. Uh, he's excited about her chances. So uh, we'd love to see uh, if Oakhurst can get the win there. And, and four to one, I mean, she's fourth choice in a field of six and it's a D'Amato horse. You got to like those odds, right? <laughs> Uh, Demato horse with Hernandez as well too. I mean, if you look at yeah. closing remarks for interest, uh, or I'm sorry, Nadja Blanche, uh, Hernandez rode this horse exclusively for what was it? The first, I don't know, 
20 starts of the career or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the last couple switched over, not trying to get back there, but instead staying or going with O'Curse to horse never ridden before. So you love the fact that Hernandez gets aboard. Going to be a really interesting field of six. Like I, I thought about making a case for the one Paris Peacock, uh, not a big Drayden Van Dyke fan. He's having a rough meet one for 48. Uh, but I, if they have the horse track, I think the horse has a shot here. And then I, I think the two probably does send with Bar- Barrios, just because I'm not sure the other way for the two to win. It's, it's just a very interesting field of six here. I wouldn't, if I didn't have closing remarks on top, I wouldn't hate the idea of hitting the all button here. Uh, the two free and humble is also the only three-year-old and uh, carrying 116 pounds versus 120 versus or 122 uh, for closing remarks. I see in here uh, before we move on, Car Ramrod. Dumb question, not a dumb question. Why is Frisu able to ride here because he was given a 32-day suspension? I was talking to you about this earlier, Mike. Uh, starting September 8th, so Friday, he is off of all mounts until or through October 9th, but he's allowed to ride these stakes ones. Uh, part of the issue, Mike, is that the suspension was just handed down a couple days ago. These stakes mounts are assigned and, and chosen a lot, well in advance. And so the idea that, at least early on for these first round of stakes races, the jockey should be able to ride them because you're then putting the connections at a big disadvantage because, say, at Saratoga, you've got Irad Ortiz. Suddenly he's out and it's two days before a major grade one. And it's like, well, Jose's got him out. Pratt's got him out. Velasquez has him out. Every jockey you'd want has a mount. So that's kind of why they do that. Yeah, interesting, too. I mean, we were talking about why the suspension came down. So it was overuse of the whip. Um, but really interesting, like it, when you the jockey's agent, as you said, like when talking about it, he tapped him, he hit him six times, which is the legal amount in the stretch. But he would tap his shoulder, the horse's shoulder at the top of the stretch. And they counted that as an infraction or a whip. And so he was one over with all of these different horses, thus the infraction and thus the suspension seems uh so like maybe you warn the guy after he does it once or twice like hey like this is we're counting this you can't be doing that like just versus just 32 day suspension they were all like within a very short period of time so it's like in my head my thinking was if you saw a pattern here why didn't somebody tell him early like it, yep. you know why but no it's the judicial system so of course it's going to take two months before they can have a uh they can have a meeting to talk about warning him yeah ridiculous that's how that works yeah anyways he's been riding really well at Delmar all summer and so then close second behind Juan Hernandez in wins uh heading into this weekend yeah anyway second lug of the Delmar late pick five Saturday September 9th race eight a field of 13 horses entered in here uh we do have a scratch of the four Mars on fire so it's going to be 12 males three and up sprinting six furlongs on the dirt 50k starter allowance level and non-winners of two lifetime where'd you go on top a mouthful um yeah. a lot of speed in here they're gonna be blazing early i think it sets up very well for the 13 horse hounds hounds tooth uh all the way on the outside for steve miata here uh the last race i thought was pretty good the race before that i thought was good enough to win this now you're getting second off uh, i i think you're gonna see a pretty good effort here like the workouts leading up to that first race off the layoff as well and this horse was off for almost a full year heading into that race probably needed to get one underneath him especially at the age of six now you're getting second off the layoff at six I think this pace just sets up beautifully. And I don't mind the 13 post when you are have this long of a run-up and you have a horse that's coming from off the pace. It's not as rough as if you're like in the 10 post and you want to be forwardly placed and there's five mm-hmm. other horses that want to be forwardly placed. And all of a sudden, you're five wide on the lead. That's a problem. Uh, when you're in the 13 post and your plan is to probably sit in seventh or eighth, it's a lot easier to work out a trip from that post versus uh, versus when you want to be toward the lead. So I think the 13th Houndstooth has a big shot in here. Seven to two on the morning line. Uh, I liked it quite a bit, actually. I considered singling this one. 
I didn't use this horse. I didn't like that this horse was seven to two when, uh, you know, last out was 13 to one and, and really wasn't involved. And so 13 to one, now seven to two, like half the price. Um, I didn't really love that about the horse, but has it definitely a, a chance for a pace collapse, right? With 13, 12 horses in here, you, a lot of them claiming definitely belong in the claiming ranks so that's gonna be cheap speed usually but i just couldn't pull the trigger on the horse at that kind of price with the with that jockey trainer combination as well don't don't really know anything about tori alba and miati does well but i i would like a different jockey here i went with the rail horse all the way to the other side here bookending it storm the night my top pick five to one broke the maiden last out going six and a half furlongs uh as a horse that i think is going to be absolutely gunning it in the stretch and two back in the previous sprint try for peter miller just missed by three quarters of a length was fourth, but that was going six and a half on the turf. Uh, so coming out of two very good uh, mating high-level mating claiming efforts, it is first time facing winners, but that effort last out, I think uh, the horse really showed, you know, first time with blinkers, I think that was a big angle. So now we're second time blinkers. Uh, Maldonado is going to be riding as well. Um, the horse has shown in the past doesn't need to be on the lead to do well. You know, two back did come from off the pace on turf. Does need to show that on dirt, though. And so, you know, hopefully isn't going to be part of the the massive pace stool that could very well ensue here. Yeah, I um, I don't hate the one. I have the one in third for me. It makes the ticket. I like the fact that you have the ability to close. So it actually came from a little bit off the pace to back there, which I thought was important, but can also has the speed to be available or be around early. Um, Peter Miller, you kind of, kind of respect the guy. And again, you get second off the layoffs. I, I like Storm the Night quite a bit because I think he could, this is the one speed horse that can track, um, whereas everyone else is, is really just a gun it and go type. I did use one of the gun it and go types. I'm not sure if you chose to go that direction as well. I went with the six, Mr. Disrespectful here. Uh, again, interesting jockey trainer combination, but we're, you know, you don't have as many of the high level jockey trainer combinations in this race as you do some others. So we'll go with uh, Pyaris, who does very well around the, the Los Alamitos Oval. Uh, this horse kind of surprised was 13 to one last time out. Um, one at six furlongs here over the Del Mar track. One really impressively uh, opened up by seven lengths and then ended up holding on by four and a half there. The second place horse also came back to win in that state bred maiden special weight. Now we're dropping in here eligible because of the $50,000 maiden claimer, three back at Santa Anita. That was first off the bench. Um, now we're getting second off the bench here. And this horse has been training well all throughout July. Seems to still have it. I think this is your speed of the speed. Whether or not Mr. Disrespectful can hold on or not, I wanted the horse I thought was going to make the lead in this field just because sometimes like you try and predict the pace collapse and then there's the one horse that gets loose and that horse ends up winning. To me, that's Mr. Disrespectful in this spot. Yeah, I did look at this horse. I wanted better than six to one uh, with the I mean, the horse has never been lower than nine to one. And that was the one time he was in for the claiming tag. So I wanted a little better than six to one, but is definitely going to go. Uh, Pieris and Valenzuela Jr., the trainer, I believe they're Los Al, like they, they hook up at Los Al uh, with a lot of nighttime horses. So that seems like a familiar combination there. Um, I went with the number 10, the Bullion Bomber, as my second choice here. Uh, two dirt starts both times, uh, finished second, including versus uh, 32 claimers last time out over this course and distance. Uh, two back, you know, was part of a fast pace at Los Al and just faded off at the last second to finish second by a length going six and a half but last out was four lengths off the early pace and then came rushing and i think he's gonna have to do that kind of a trip again here but uh so difference here is that i think there is gonna be that pace collapse like you're talking about i think that he'll be sitting in that second flight of horses vasquez extremely smart rider extremely smart dirt sprint rider that's how he cut his teeth before coming out to san and or to california rather so uh, i went with the bullion bomber here 
as my second pick. It is funny that he's an Irish bred, and you look at the breeding, you're like, this horse should love the turf, and he loves anything but the turf, Mike. Yeah, he not great. Not great on the turf. Uh, first three starts here in America, all on the turf, all pretty bad. My biggest issue with the Bullion Bomber really needs the lead. <laughs> I don't think he's making the lead. Um, and that so I have the 10th and 5th in the race. So it was one horse I considered. But to me, it was one of those where if we're not in front, we're not going to win. I, I like looking through here. It's past one horse since coming to North America. Two horses since coming to North America and six starts. Um, that is concerning to me for a race that I think has a ton of pace here. That's fair. Um, last out, to his credit, last out, the race was one gate to wire. The horse was like three, four lengths clear early on so uh the only horse that he even had a chance to pass he was able to pass uh but i do see your point it is like he's gonna need a, a collapse for him to have a chance here but it could happen uh last up for me i went three deep i went with the number 12 father delay at five to one this is a hess ship and win horse i cut it right at the last second here bob has wait until the last weekend uh broke the maiden by almost 10 length the only time this horse was in for a claiming tag was claimed for 35k out of that. Both starts since then for Hess have been protected, including finishing fourth last out, facing straight protected three-year-olds. That race was won by a future stakes winner named Swervin. I think this horse, you know, three to five to break the maiden, eight to five last out. I'm getting value at five to one, and I'm getting Mike Smith to ride him. Yeah, I mean, wasn't great fields um, in those two. Yeah, I realized Swervin. A decent horse, but not great. Uh, interesting ship and win candidate. I will give you that, and especially coming out of that thirty-five thousand line maiden claimer. But that that field at Gulfstream wasn't great that day. They won. I consider this one too. I, I, the one thing I will say positive about this, at least we can pass horses here. So it, they're going to need to get the trip. But I, Father's Day <laughs> will pass some horses here. Did you look at the seven at all? Stand from Malibu. That was the bomb I almost included. A little bit. Talk to me more about him. Yeah. So I I was trying to find horses that I. Again, I think there's a ton of pace in here. So I'm looking for something that's going to be able to come from off the pace a little bit. Uh, the maiden breaking score three back was in second, was stalking, ended up winning by a neck that day. Has passed some horses in some other races, probably wants to be forwardly placed. But I also like the fact that we're uh, getting this one off a claim into the Ryan Hansen barn. Not wonderful off the claim, about 10%. So you don't love that. But considering the price, I was willing to take a little bit of a shot here. Um, didn't I, I? When you go back and you watch that race from August 13th, the horse dug in really, really well. Ends up just losing by a neck, but really like ran his heart out. If you get that kind of effort, that's the other type of speed horse that holds here. So I didn't hate the six, seven stand for Malibu either, 15 to one. Yeah, the three times that the horse's dirt sprinted was either first or second and close in both the defeats. Um, I just was afraid that this horse was a need the lead type and I wasn't sure. I didn't think that he was going to be, say, as fast as your number six or as talented. So if he gets up there with the two, the six and the eight, I... I don't think he's going to hold on. But if this was a, if they move back to Los Al or San Anita, I think this is a definitely a horse can win in that spot. Just with it being Del Mar closing weekend, everybody's kind of cramming in uh, those last entries. Did we get everyone for you? We did. Uh, yeah, Tori Alba, Car Ramrod did it. Uh, that's the jock who was riding at Thistledown early this year and was doing so well at Thistledown that they invited him to come all the way out to California, seven pound bug boy. So um, that's who Tori Alba is. Thank you for that. Uh, information there third leg of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday September 9th race nine a field of 13 entered we're going to lose the number five Baj here to a scratch so it's 12 males three and up routing a mile on the turf n1x allowance level your top pick Mr. Samich I am going to go with the seven horse here Alagato uh, Mark Latt and Juan Hernandez in this spot this is another race where like I went through it 
And a lot of the horses I liked were on the outside. And when you're going a mile on the turf at Del Mar, you don't really want to rely on a bunch of outside horses. And so for me, it was kind of figure out what horses I liked that were closer toward the rail. Alligato jumped out to me. Um, and, and this one is one where I think you're going to get a pretty good trip here. Uh, should sit mid-pack and be able to make a pretty good run toward the end. Uh, good efforts at Sanity to the last two out. If you go back to the Del Mar effort, ran a decent third as the favorite against uh, Procorrelate that day. This is one where I think you're going to see a fairly good effort stepping forward. Biggest issue is is the winning side of it. Uh, just one for seven in the last two years. So that was my my biggest knock on Alligate or Alligato. But again, like the horses I was I was interested in were the twelve, were the thirteen, and just they're so far out there that it's hard to have those type of horses on top going a mile. Yeah, that that makes sense. I didn't use the seven. I thought the horses were going to be over bet with what you said is kind of the horse doesn't really like to win. And it was horse burned a lot of money uh, dating back to October of last year. You know, it's seven to two was fourth, five to two, fourth, five to two, second, even money, third, five to two, third. I just I with Hernandez riding, it's enticing. But that and the layoff, I, I think this horse is going to struggle a little bit. Uh, but this was an interesting race. Uh, I didn't really like a lot of horses in here. That's how I ended up with the number two as my top pick. This is a three-year-old in facing older horses, facing winners for the first time, and he's the favorite. And usually that's like big red flags. And kept going through this field going, oh, I don't really like that horse. I don't really like that horse. Don't like this horse in this spot. So, yeah, SEAL team, top pick for me. Reese Blue stays aboard. Horse broke the maiden by almost four lengths last out while going nine furlongs over this course, cutting back to a mile here, so not exiting out over the chute, but gets a great draw here at post two. Should improve second off the layoff. Clearly likes the track and clearly likes going two turns. So SEAL team for me, five to two, second, uh, top pick for me in this race. Did you use him? I did. Uh, SEAL team was my third pick i believe in here oh second pick okay. i had um and I, again like i was looking for someone toward the inside seal team fits that bill gonna have to take a step forward here first time against winners um but you look at like mandela's numbers second off the layoff 25 percent. one last start 21 percent rispoli stays aboard that race you go back and you watch it was very very impressive if you go back and even watch the five furlong turf sprint you could see this horse wanted more distance right it was didn't break phenomenally well broke out of the nine and nine post came running late ended up missing to rexford who's been a decent horse there in california so i, I think seal team has a chance of taking a step forward needs to take a step forward but again like i was with you i didn't like a lot of these horses and the ones i did i didn't like the post position and so it kind of made it a little bit of a mess of a race it's one of the reasons i'm going to use hakimi akimi whoever the four is uh because yeah look you get in a big price here at 20 to 1. Hector Berrios jumps aboard for Amadar Sanchez. Those two team up for 24% with a positive ROI, 26% with a positive ROI over the last two years, 24% Delmar. We're taking the blinkers off, which is a 17% move here for the trainer. Uh, to me, this is one of those where they're just trying to figure out how to get this horse to fire because they believe there's something here. I like the fact that Berrios rides this one back even after a lackluster effort last time at 10 to 1. Uh, this isn't a bunch of world beaters. This is the type of race where there's a horse like the four horse that has a better post than better horses and is able to make up that difference and you get a monster price home. So I'll take a little bit of a swing with Hakaimi here at 20 to 1. I tried to make a case for this horse, but I am I'm just feel like he's not a two-turn horse. Um, you look back at his best efforts when he was in Chile and, and the best efforts were going six and a half furlongs or you know, shorter distances than a mile. So... Um, I, I do like that they're taking the blinkers off and that you're not seeing a drop in class at all and that Barros is staying with it. But at 20 to 1, I'm not going to knock it for it. just couldn't make the ticket for me. Um, I did use a couple, uh, 
long shot in this spot, though. Uh, number 10, Wodeton, for me, is the second choice. 15 to 1. Uh, second time filled a model horse, stretching out. Really didn't show any interest on debut, going six and a half furlongs. But the horse hadn't been seen in almost a year. Uh, was consistently running well at seven furlongs overseas. You know, missed winning a mile handicap by a neck last April. So I think that the mile in the two turns is within the horse's ability. Um, you're getting Luca Panici to ride, which I thought was interesting. The Panici's yeah. in, in California this weekend. Uh, <laughs> it makes me wonder if Frisu was supposed to have this mount uh, with Reese Billy keeping a different spot, but are uh, keeping the SEAL team ride. But um, I think this horse has uh, plenty of room to improve. And again, kind of like what you were making the case before. You're not seeing a class drop. You're seeing them try something different. In this case, we're going sprint to a route. We got the rust knocked off. Uh, but interesting that they're, we're both coming out of that same race. Yeah. Um, I, I looked at the 10 for a while. You don't usually get 15 to 1 on Diamato. And I think you're right about uh, Faisu and, and the fact that you have Panici up here. Because that's just a very interesting choice to have uh, Panici <laughs> riding here. Because I, I can't remember the last time I saw him on Delmar's card. Again, I don't love the post though here. That's the other again. It, it goes back to like a lot of these horses that I considered toward the outside. I just I don't really want to give up the ground. And this isn't a long run into the first turn. And that to me mm -hmm. was the biggest issue here. I, I did end up using the 13 lure him in. That was the last one on here for me. Um, and mainly because I think they can send this horse and get it, or um, because they don't need to send this horse and they can still try and get a decent position and make one big run. Uh, the horse has consistent enough buyers where you can win here with this horse. If we just run back to one of these races and get a trip, the key is going to be getting the trip from that 13 post because DeSormo has to find a way to get over and save ground somehow on that first turn for this horse to be competitive. I, I was back and forth between the 12 and the 13. You used the 13. I went with the 12 and kind of similar thing where it's like this horse is going to need to get the right trip. Uh, Gio Franco hops aboard. Gio Franco rode Motorious to win the Green Flash Handicap for Phil D'Amato last weekend. Uh, riding for Mark Glatt here in this horse. Two back, one over this course in distance over this same exact setup. It was N1X, 40K optional K or allowance company. Uh, horse broke from post 9 that day. As of right now, is breaking from post 11 because of the scratch of Baj. Uh, but was, Juan Hernandez was able to get the horse out cleanly, able to hustle him over saved ground when he needed to when he could and was able to get the job done i'm hoping for a very similar thing here i'm not going to say that geo franco is exactly as good as juan hernandez but he is a good jockey so uh hoping we can get that trip but again kind of like with the the 13 you need to get that right trip from breaking out of this post on the far outside yeah and the 12 was another one i looked at i, I thought this one has a shot again but it, it, again it's the trip the reason i went with the 13 over the 12 was simply the the way that the race shapes I, the 12 is gonna have to go to me if you want to be successful from that post. We've seen him forwardly placed outside of the last race. And if he goes, then all of a sudden it's okay. How are we going to get a trip there? If we're three, four wide into that first turn because of that 12 post. So I went with the closer instead of the speed, just because I think it might be easier to work out a trip from those outside posts. Race nine, or sorry, race 10 is the penultimate leg of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, September 9th. And it's the grade one Del Mar debutante, full field of 14 two-year-old Phillies sprinting seven furlongs. On the dirt, we might not have the superstar dirt fillies out here out west in California, Mike, but we certainly have a lot of two-year-old fillies, and they're all seemingly in the debutante. Where'd you go on top? It's nice to see this. Like, we have it a is. really, really competitive field. A uh, lot of speed. No Seven Bafferts. Furlongs. Yeah, no Bafferts. Ton of speed. Seven furlongs. You know what that means? Let's find me a closer. Let's find someone who can actually pass horses. There are two that jumped out of me. I'm only going too deep in this spot. Um, let's start with the nine horse, Tamara here. Uh, daughter of Beholder. She looked awesome on debut. And one of the things I loved about her debut, broke out of the one post that day. 
-hmm. many horses do you see close out of the one post and out of field of 10 horses in their debut? That's not something that happens very often. I thought she looked super professional doing it. Uh, really, really nice effort there going seven or six and a half that day, stretching out a little bit more. That shouldn't be a problem. Oh, by the way, I think she came out of that race okay too, Magic. 36 and two, 34 and four workouts since that race. I think she's feeling <laughs> herself. I think she gets a pace set up. I think she's ultra difficult here at seven to two. Uh, I tip of the cap to you because I believe she was your top pick in that race. We covered it on a previous pick five. And I was all about the other Mandela in that race, Flynn's Chance, who is still trying to finish. If you see her on Saturday morning, just give her a little push to see if she can get across the wire. Yeah, top pick for me as well. There's a lot of speed in here, and she should definitely have a chance to drive home. Now, a, a much bigger field than what she faced last out, but she was facing 10, and she wasn't like super far back. So you would think Mike Smith gets her a great position. I went three deep here. Next up for me was the six. Chatteris at five to one. Pretty impressive debut winner. She stalked and pounced. Daughter of Gunrunner, I think, needs much longer than five and a half furlongs that she got in that day. She, she honestly, I think, is probably going to be best at two turns because she's by Gunrunner out of an Indian Charlie mare. But seven furlongs, the best spot for her right now. Um, again, a really good effort to, to really reel in Barbara T, a well-regarded horse in that spot. Gets the win, keeps Juan Hernandez here, five to two on debut, and now five to one in this spot. I'll take that. Yeah, I I looked at this one. I just kind of couldn't get there. I, I think that the price is not bad. They like you specifically the five to one. You talked about it. Pretty good there. Glad you think this horse is going to probably take a step forward. Nice work since that. I like the fact that this was a late July debut as well. So you have that full month to be able to progress up into this race versus coming back in two or three weeks. So should be fresh for it. Um, I, Feels a little tougher today. That was my big thing. Like I, the gate to paradise was in that race as well. That's not one that I really looked at or considered at all. She ended up running third that day. Um, so it's going to have to take a step forward, but in a field of 13, I'm not going to, or 14, I'm not going to knock you off someone, especially even getting five to one there. Other horse I used was the 13 horse. If you haven't noticed, this is a theme of mine today. Uh, Laurent <laughs> here for me, uh, Peter and Edward Mondado, six to one on the morning line. And this was one of those horses that I remember when I saw the replay, I was just blown away by what this horse was able to do to come from off the pace. Uh, it says rough beginnings. That does not quite justify what happened to Laurent the first time out. The horse was basically <laughs> left at the gate, uh, was dead last of a field of nine. I'm talking 12 lengths behind the leader at the first call and absolutely flew home. Uh, with any better of a break, you're going to see this horse closer to the pace. I still think you're going to have a ton of kick. Seven furlongs should be absolutely no problem for this daughter of practical joke. I think she's going to be flying late and be the other horse that has a shot to get up after this pace starts to fall apart. Uh, next up for me, I, I, if I was using four horses, this is who I would use. I left her off. I'm a little worried that she's going to get way over bet from the six to one. Um, because this is something that you talked about a lot with two-year-olds when they debut. If you see one that misses the break or blows the break and then rushes up, uh, and a lot of times they'll get second. You won't play them in their next out in the maiden special weight because like they're going to get way over bet from that. I'm afraid that that's going to be the case here, but it was a very impressive effort for her to get up. And it's difference here, right? She won versus you're saying don't play them again versus straight maidens, right? Yeah, well, and I'm surprised. I, like, I, Who do you think is the favorite in this race? Because I don't think it's Tamara. I think... Think she? I think she does. But between so? winning her debut like she did and being a daughter of Beholder, like that's going to carry a lot. See, I I thought Dreamfire was going to be a favorite because of the. I'd be the other one. Yeah, 
I, I just just because of the after two efforts, you go gate to wire in both races, won the Sorrento, the grade three there, uh, faced the boys and won a stakes there. Like I, to me, it feels like Dreamfire is going to be the horse who's going to be favored here. I uh, didn't get bet huge last time. I think I had that horse last time. Now that I look at this, um, didn't get bet huge last time. I, I think is going to be bet again off the board. I, I think is going to be beatable in this spot just because of the other speed. Well, this is the last one I used. I did put Dreamfire on here um, instead of the 13, just because this horse is just, I mean, she's pure gas, right? Just she is. <laughs> lighter and off she goes. Yep. Uh, it, 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 I think the only horse that really is a big threat to her from a speed perspective is the one. Um, the other two speed horses in here are the one and the eight, both trained by Michael McCarthy. The one gets Ricky Gonzalez, who's usually a speed rider, but she debuted on turf. You know, it's not, we don't know if she'll be able to handle the dirt or have that same turn of foot on the dirt. And then is, is Reese Bully going to break, you know, with the seven, see the one kind of going, and then it's going to pull back on the eight. Like what's the situation there. Uh, but I guess, who do you think is leading? Do you think it's a one, seven, eight going into the first, the far turn there? How do you see the pace? I think the one is going to be going interesting. It's a, a daughter of flame away. Who is also the sire of the seven. So two, mm-hmm. uh, two daughters of flame away going at it at the up front. I do think the one and the seven are the two fastest. I expect the eight's going to push as well. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if you see some some horse you don't necessarily expect. Like I wouldn't be shocked if the six or the five tries to go to the lead too, just based on what we've seen from them in the past. I mean, they're, they've I mean, the six horse was right behind a twenty one and twenty one and two forty five opening half, right? Um, and the four horse showed a ton of speed in the Los Alamitos race, and then did not show as much chasing Dreamfire around the track last time out. So I, there's a handful of horses here who I think at all kind of set that pace up early for someone to come from off it. I think the one makes the lead, though. I think Julia's dream is going to be the fastest. And I think because of the post, you're kind of forced to go at seven furlongs with with the one post if you have speed. As uh, Cash LA Surf says, this race screams upset. Yeah, it, it's got that feeling, especially when it's a lot of fillies that are probably going to quit two thirds of the way into the race. Who's going to who's going to pick up the pieces? Fifth and final leg of the Del Mar Lake pick five on Saturday, September 9th. Race 11, 12 maiden males, three and up, plus four also eligibles, routing a mile. On the turf, where'd you go on top, buddy? Oh, I went chalk. And it, like, I don't love taking these maidens that are 0 for 6 and have 3 seconds. But if you're going to take one, if three of those races... I mean, like this horse only been in Maiden Special Weight Company twice. <laughs> Everything It's been four races against winners. Uh, and then those yeah. two Maiden Special Weight efforts. And ran really well in the Grade 2 uh, Del Mar Derby and Grade 1 Hollywood Derby. Ran second in both of those races over the turf. You would think a repeat of either of those efforts gets the job done here against a bunch of horses that have never won before. So I put Spycatcher on top. I do respect the heck out of the one horse, Sia Cortez here. I know you love these Irish horses going to Del Mar. This horse just missed breaking its maiden in Europe. And if it had for Joseph O'Brien, by the way, pretty good trainer, ever heard of him? Uh, if it had, it wouldn't be eligible for this race. And so the fact that now you're in D'Amato's barn and Berrios jumps aboard, I, I, that horse seems awfully live to me. Would need to improve quite a bit. But you're going to get the right price. I mean, you see Spycatcher here at 9 to 5. Spycatcher's going off at 4 to 5, maybe shorter in this field because of those mm-hmm. efforts. And so you're going to get a price on pretty much anyone else you play here. Yeah, I'm going to try and beat Spycatcher. Big favorite. You're going to be heavily bet. Uh, big field. Coming off of a long layoff, and it's not something that Glad is necessarily bad at, but it's not something that uh, you just go, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to have his horse ready. I, I am concerned about that layoff. So um, with him... <laughs> You know, definitely keep it underneath it, uh, but to try and beat him on top. See Cortez, there's my top pick. You nailed it. It's an Irish bred Phil D'Amato horse on the Del Mar turf. I know. Hector Hector Barrios riding. 26% winners in the past year together, getting first time LASIKs 
which I think is a nice plus for this horse. And the Dam's family, no issues with going eight furlongs. So I think should be well within his grasp. Don't love breaking from the rail first time North America, but again, it's a D'Amato horse. I'm going to also use uh, the eight, Chase Tornado. This horse impressed me last time out. Four to one here, ran a close second last time out over the course and distance behind a horse named Watsonville, who I did have picked to win that race. Watsonville just last weekend beat Allowance Horses on September 4th at Del Mar. So Watsonville, a great horse to be finishing second to. Definitely took a nice step forward from six and a half for a long sprint to the mile-long turf maiden. And because of the presence of Spycatcher, still going to catch a playable price on Chase Tornado. Because if Spycatcher wasn't here, there's no way in hell that I think Chase Tornado is going to be playable. He's probably going to be your favorite uh like what eight to five nine to five here so um i went with chase tornado as my second pick mike i have chase tornado as my fourth pick i ended up not making the ticket for me i don't like baffert on turf i've said it before i'll say it again yeah. unless the horse is named du jour or owned by the bafferts i have no interest in baffert horses on turf they're generally get over bet for me so I, I left this one off the ticket i was a little interested in the horse right to the outside dandy man shines here uh this is a three-year-old who's got a ton of experience but we have not seen since january 21st uh ran pretty well in that race if you go back and you look at the past races this horse misses breaking its maiden and then immediately jumps into a group two overseas comes to the u.s back-to-back -back grade threes before dropping back down to maiden special weight company just missed first time in this company horse was the next out winner came back ran well the next time out had some trip trouble at santa anita we're gonna excuse that one and then they sprint the horse and ends up running third behind hawker who's pretty good and concluded one next out so i can make excuses for why this horse hasn't hit the winner's circle i think you're gonna see a better version of this horse jeff mullins 23 percent off this type of layoff you get rispoli uh, i think the nine's awfully interesting at a little bit of a price Ah, uh, boy, I wanted to put this horse on, but the, the layoff is what kind of scared me a little bit with this horse. The layoff in with who this horse will be facing here. Uh, but conclude not only one next out, conclude just won the, what, the Del Mar Derby last weekend. So a good horse to be uh, uh, finishing third to in that race. I, I think this horse is a lot of talent. I just think next out is when I would want to play this horse. Uh, but I don't, I'm not going to knock him if for using him. Last for me, I went with a bit of a price. Number four auto line at 12 to 1. It's another Irish bread on the Del Mar turf. Not with Phil D'Amato, and I think that's why he's 12-1. This is a John Sadler trainee. Uh, two starts overseas. First one was on synthetic. Fourth beaten six and a quarter. Wasn't really. Pretty much ran one pace, which says, all right, this horse probably wants to go longer. Two turns. They tried a mile on the turf at, at, in Ireland last out. Horse again ran fourth, but was I, I thought was a better effort, Mike, despite the fact that we were facing five horses in this horse. Definitely needed a pace meltdown. I think you could have that happen here. I think the 3, 5, 6, 11, I think they all are going to gun it. You don't know the 6 will do uh, first off the layoff if he'll be a rank at all. So I think you see all those horses kind of push towards the front. I think a setup for the auto line to at least get a good run and come from the rear. How he handles it first time in North America, I know that's not a huge number for John Sadler that's positive. I know Sadler's been struggling uh, at, at Del Mar in the past year, but Give me the Irish bread on the Del Mar turf for the old Dutch boy, Johnny. I don't hate it. I, uh, I I thought about this one, but I couldn't quite get there. Can I give you a big price that I was like, I just ended up leaving off the ticket that I was super interested yeah. in? Big, big O from Fresno, the 10 horse. Did you look at this one at all? I, I did because I kept trying to figure out how you say his name. 31% uh, jockey trainer combo for Dan Blacker and Joe Bravo. Yeah, and when you go back and you watch that August 6th race, it doesn't really seem like they ever wanted that horse to run. It was, like, it was super wide the whole way around. That was the Mr. Disrespectful race. We talked about Mr. Disrespectful earlier in this card. The horse kind of like seemed like they just wanted to get a race into it before doing what it really likes. And then you go to this dirt to turf 
Blacker Dirt to Turf, 12 efforts, wins 25% of the time. So three for 12, $5.55 ROI. Going from a sprint to a route, 29% of the time, $2.87 ROI. And Bravo rides first out and then stays aboard after that effort, which tells you even more it was a, hey, get to know you, get to know the racetrack type effort. Mm -hmm. Uh, That to me is like, we talk about tournament horses every now and then. The 10 horse to me is a tournament horse. And one of those where if you want to spread a little bit, that's the bomb you add from this leg. I don't hate it. Uh, one horse, I mean, even if he draws in, which would take a miracle, uh, you, you can't play number 16, Uncle Oscar. But he is a horse that's interesting. Watch where he does end up showing in the entry box because on debut was in that race where Chase Tornado was a close second to Watsonville. And I said Watsonville again won last weekend. Uh, but then he was second to SEAL Team. SEAL Team uh, last time out. And SEAL Team is my top pick of the 5-2 to two favorite in race 9 that Mike's also using. So... You combine those with the fact that he's getting Mike Smith after having uh, the bug boy Al Segura up the last couple of times. Not going to win even if he draws in from the 16 post, but you know, somewhere if he shows up with a little bit better luck, Mike, I think he's uh, de- definitely going to be pretty dangerous. I figured you were going to talk about our boy Aaron, the 13 horse. I remember when this horse debuted in New York for Todd Pletcher and there was all this buzz around this horse. And uh, yeah. I know great look who we look who we lost to lost Ark, who is yeah. not bad perform stakes winner <laughs> uh-huh. yeah no it was a pretty good what happened there. Well, <laughs> what happened Aaron? he went the other direction everything else went fine uh and he immediately <laughs> got shipped to florida after that too it's like we're not keeping we're not sending you to saratoga buddy we're going you're going to florida after the champions meet uh and that's when aaron resurfaced and unfortunately for his namesake sake aaron halterman uh not didn't pan out here for aaron no and now he's he shows up with doug o'neill second time in del mar wow he's Okay, yeah. no, I wasn't going to, That you know what, the, like the number 12 says, bring him home. Just bring him home somewhere nice where he can just be a horse. <laughs> That's what Aaron needs. Yep, I uh, I think Aaron should claim Aaron. There you go. Take the, all the winnings from Husker Bush, claim Aaron off of uh, Doug O'Neill. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to preview the Late Pick 5 at Del Mar on Saturday, September 9th. This is closing weekend, so the last Late Pick 5 for the summer for Del Mar for Mike and I. But again, we uh, with the mandatory payout of the pick six on Sunday, we will have a separate video coming to racingdudes.com and youtube.com slash racingdudes from Vinny. He's given his top picks for each of the picks the races in that pick six. So if you want to play the pick six mandatory payout, give it a watch. Vinny will give his thoughts for free over at youtube.com slash racingdudes. As far as this sequence goes, if you want our tickets one more time, take a look below for the podcast listeners. We'll read them out for you. I'll start for 50 cents. I'm going 3-6 with 110-12. With 210.12, with 679, with 148, it's an $81 ticket, Mr. Samich. I'm going to go 3 4 with 1613, with 24713, with 913, with 169. It'll cost you 72 bucks. If you want to make it a little more expensive, throw the 10 in the last leg at a big number. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Shadi says, I remember having Aaron on my fantasy league draft list. Yeah. yeah. That. I forgot about that. I was looking at that one thinking, huh, another horse named Aaron. No, no it did not register as the Aaron. same one. Yeah. yeah. I remember when that horse debuted. It was race one at Belmont. And like the, the, the text thread was going nuts that morning because like there was hype around that horse mm-hmm. in the country barn and that that was going to be a good one. And didn't see it again for eight months. And it shows up in March in Florida at Gulfstream. It's never a good sign. Yeah, uh, there's actually footage over at youtube.com slash racing. It's the old Saratoga Slim backside vlog from last year. There's footage of Aaron somewhere in those. You can go see him. He's uh, at the best he ever looked, apparently, there. Uh, thank you again for joining us for this 
uh, episode. Make sure if you want to get previews for all of the major races, including the two Breeders' Cup, winning your in prep races at Kentucky Downs, go to youtube.com slash racing news. We have the previews for those. We'll have a full preview for the debutante as well as the Futurity, which is on Sunday, closing day. Uh, Jared's going to be doing that one. Heartland for Bob Baffert is expected to make his return there. I think that horse is going to be something special. He's beautiful to look at as well. So uh, a son of Justify, a half-brother to Classic Empire, and he looks gorgeous. So, And you're a leader uh, in the clubhouse to be the Breeders' Cup juvenile favorite. Heartland is? Yeah. You oh, boy. So? I thought Prince of Monaco would be. Mm, oh, yeah, it's fair. Okay. maybe I, the, After that, hopeful, it's going to be someone on the West Coast. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Oh boy, fifty-four to one for Gary Contessa wins it, and then we're all going. Okay, so what's Bob Baffert got this year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure you have having your follows on Twitter. I'm at Chris Kellerward. He is at Summerbomb eighteen, number one, number eight. Make sure you're t- you tune in to V Sin Live four to seven on Saturday and Sunday nights. You can check out Mike covering college football betting, NFL betting, and the late games on Saturday and Sunday. Anything else that I missed there? We got some Thursday night football tonight. It's oh, back, baby. Right. First one of the year. I know you're just you're following that Canadian football. How's your CFL bets going? Uh, I haven't bet it in the last couple of weeks. Actually, I need to go check on that. I've been paying man. attention. <laughs> got to go back to your DJ. I uh, got Lions Chiefs tonight. The line should be seven. Oh, that's Kel- right. <laughs> Kelsey and uh, and Chris Jones both out. I made the line five. If it gets to four, I might play the Chiefs. Only thing I bet was uh, or was um, Sky Moore over forty three three and a half yards. I think it is forty three and a half was his prop. I think he's going to be the one who benefits from Kelsey being out. Uh, no idea who's going to win this game. Like, I, I think the Chiefs should be favored. I, I not, I'm not going to bet them. Oh, give me the Chiefs. Are you kidding me? The Lions with hype. Oh, with the hype. Lions with hype. With like hype. anytime the Lions have hype, it's it's an automatic play against. What could go wrong with the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff being hyped? Uh, first game of the year of the whole NFL season, you're facing the defending Super Bowl champions who have Patrick Mother Effie Mahomes under center. Yeah, no. Yeah, last time like he was out. Last time he was without Kelsey, he threw for 253 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and 129 quarterback rating. Yeah, he's I, he did okay. He did okay. <laughs> uh, over at RacingDudes.com, you'll do okay if you check out the Del Mar Friday preview for the I'm Spoken Stakes. Lord Prance a lot, bringing a, a classic rematch from the graduation stakes, the top three finishers in a photo. Uh, Kentucky Downs full previews over the RacingDudes.com. Also, check out the Breeders' Cup Classic discussion had on Blinkers Off, and they previewed the Kentucky Downs races as well. Uh, once again, visit racesuits.com for free picks for every race, every track across the country. Until Monday, when Mike and I will be back with the show to kind of recap everything that happened, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend, and <laughs> go Lions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.